Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Why We Heal, the show where we are breaking down all things healing and making it relatable for you and your everyday life. Today, I'm very excited to welcome a very special lady, Wendy Jones, who is the host of the What I Meant to Say podcast and the founder of Be Better Media. And today, Wendy and I will dish on all things high performance, what you need to heal to be really exceptional in your life. And so let's welcome Wendy. And hi, Wendy. Hello. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so good. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait to get into this. Yeah, absolutely. This is my jam. So what a topic. I love your podcast concept. I'm so excited to dig in. Thank you. Um, so now Wendy and I, I mean, if you guys care at all, <laughs> Wendy and I met through um, a mutual friend of ours, Sean Liddick, who is also a high performing athlete and just high performing in life. And we met up in California and sat down and had um, a light dinner and just really hit it off. Felt like, you know, we'd found soul sisters and so, you know, discovered new things. And so it's really nice to have her here to join us and to share some of her magic and her soft beauty and her gentle heart with you all. Um, so I have to also say, I didn't warn you about the intro question that I ask everyone. Awesome. <laughs> so Can't wait to find it's out. It's going to be a cold one for you. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure you can handle it. Are you ready? I am. Okay. <laughs> The first question is, what, in your perspective, is healing? Oh, man, healing is so continual. Mm. It is a lifelong evolution of the things we encounter and how we respond to them. And it's it's really a gift. And it's a gift we give ourselves. And it, then it just trickles out into the world and helps other people. So it's both a responsibility and a privilege. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like that. It's continual. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility. Okay. I'm sure we're going to come back to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you have, okay. I also didn't tell you about this, but now I'm thinking about it. Uh, you know, you're also an athlete mm -hmm. and you've raised athletes. So you are raising athletes yeah. and you've worked with, um, you've been in this, I mean, this is your life. So for yourself even is there some type of healing that you had to go through or that you went through that was really significant and helped you know shape your perspective now well I've had probably re two real catalysts in the things that started to change my perspective in my adult life um one was going through a divorce about six years ago I have four kids they're now 22 to 15 and um that was a real I mean, you know, ground shaking moment, both for me and for my kids. And I had to figure out, you know, I just remember sitting there saying like, how did this happen? And wanting to figure out how I got to that point. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of questions you ask yourself and you look back at your story. And when I started to do that and, and I, I did a lot of journaling, I even, and then I published my blog and, I just did a lot of uncovering. So that was one big moment that really began my journey on just self-reflection and figuring out how I got there. The other one, I'm having four kids. Parenting was like the first thing I really, I ever knew I was really good at. And that sounds like a less than humble statement now, but I had my first at 25 and it was just the first thing that just felt totally natural to me. 
So it's just been such a gift to have all four of them because they're all so different. And you realize like you really have to be self-aware to understand that there are values and principles that you want to teach them, but each one of them is so different that you have to find that nuance and that treasure intuition of how to navigate that road. And we've been through a ton together. And the thing I've realized is everyone gets so excited about parenting and I've had amazing moments with my kids where they're the MVP or they get straight A's or they have all of these high moments but the real gift is working with them and being with them through the challenges that they Mm. encounter and we've been through that and I figured out even in particular in the last year that that's where the real gold is and if you can teach them that that the hard things and how they respond to them is how their lives will, you know, flourish. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's amazing. Like you think the hardest moments are the things you're so scared of, and then you hit them and you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is where it's at. So, you know, and then the high moments get to be the high moments and you enjoy them, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it's given me a completely different perspective on how to handle stress, how to handle, you know, just, just reframe challenge in a different way, which I think is really important if you want to hit that level of high performance in whatever, whatever field you're in. Right. I love that because I feel like what you're talking about is relationship in general. You know, the high moments are always the high moments, but how do you handle difficult ones? And so often I think it's consistent that people just basically don't have coping skills. So you're, I feel like you're saying you're, you're teaching your children coping mechanisms to deal with like the real things about life. And so many people grow up without those coping mechanisms. So that's when you turn to substances, you turn to, um, you know, numbing yourself or all the types of um, uh, behaviors that basically work against whatever you really want in your life or for yourself, just because you don't know how to cope. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely, when I went through that divorce, I started looking for things that really grabbed my interest. And a lot of them before I even had mentors in this arena of healing, I found a, I found them through podcasts. And mm-hmm. one of my favorites is Finding Masteries, Michael Gervais. He's a sports psychologist and he just, he brings on people from all different walks of life that have, you know, been to the highest levels of their craft. And you started to notice the underpinnings of what that, what, how they got there. And um, it led me to go to a seminar up in Seattle that he was teaching um, Compete to Create. And there was an Olympian, Nicole Davis, who she's an amazing volleyball player, um, works with um, Dr. Mike. And it, and we were sitting at a table and we were talking about things that just that are important to us. And she looked at me and she said, when you say human connection, your whole face lights up. And mm. nobody had ever said that to me before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. And then I traced that back to and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, connection is the opposite of addiction. Connection Mm -hmm. is how we, I've seen it now in ads. It was the first time I had heard it at that point. I've never heard this. So I'm, I'm, yeah, no, this is fascinating to me. I've heard it now through a lot of recovery workshop type of things. Um, but connection, people are seeking connection. They want, yeah, feel understood they want to know they belong and when they don't that's when we start seeking out these substances that numb us whether it's Mm -hmm. you know drugs alcohol sex food whatever it is 
Mm-hmm. And then you, when you realize that you can solve that with human connection, I mean, that just lights mm-hmm. me up because that's what but we need. Do you find sometimes that um, it creates like codependency though? Cause then yeah. you can become dependent on the human yeah. connection. You can become dependent on a person True. and then it, that also can become an addiction. Yes, absolutely. Codependency is something I, I look for. I know I am a recovering codependent from, mm-hmm. you know, years there's, you know, alcoholism. If you go back three or four generations in your family, everybody has something. Families are chock full of, of challenges. Right. Yeah. And I realized through my marriage that I was definitely, I fit that bill. I was a codependent. And now, so I did a whole bunch of, you know, learning about what that really means. And yeah, there are things to do because I think, you know, falling in the middle or, or I always find that the, the, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Right. And definitely, so yes. I don't want to be a codependent. I also don't want to be hyper-independent. And I think right. swing between those two things, if we've been in that space where I, once I was kind of out on my own and raising my kids and having my own thoughts and my own confidence to live the way I wanted to live, I was grateful for all the gifts that I discovered about myself, but then you do start to find like, oh, I'm hanging on to finding that way to connect in a healthy way has so much to do with becoming healthy yourself first. Yes. Yes. And not that we're ever going to be perfect. And I don't think there's ever fully healed so that you have to wait to be in a relationship. And I don't even mean just a romantic relationship, but friendships, it'll happen in the workplace. Yes. It's I all, agree. Yeah. So yeah, that journey to being able to be by yourself, know yourself and then connect with the right people. But, you know, life can be lonely. You know, we just came through the holidays and you yeah. see it a lot. There's a lot of sadness, you know, things can come up and finding the right people to connect with really is how we combat that world of addiction that causes so many problems yeah. in relationships. But yeah. Yeah. So it seems a key and a theme in that even is that you have to be doing some type of self-healing so that you even not you, you know, but anyone release can release um, the patterns and the uh, subconscious things that lead them to these unhealthy attachments, you know, and it reminds me of the the saying, you know, like, we should have no attachments, right? Which, you know, of course means we shouldn't be so attached to anything that it basically puts us in a prison or a box. Yeah. Because relationships, you know, I mean, there's also healthy attachments, like you're saying, you know, if it's a sustainable relationship, or if, you know, you're both growing through it, and you know that, you know, it's eternal, (laughs) maybe, you know, so then I'm, I'm wondering how, how can we lead people to um, that point of being able to heal within themselves so that they can have these healthier relationships? One thing, and I, I guess it's a healthy relationship with themselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I've learned about knowing yourself is, you know, you hear a lot about like in the community that we're in, you know, you hear mind, body, and spirit um, and, and the yeah. connectivity between those things. And mm-hmm. One thing I've really learned for me that's been huge 
is really getting to know my nervous system and understanding yes where I perform the best and not I had no idea that most of my life you know until I was 40 years old I was really living in a very heightened you know sympathetic fight or flight state and when I came down from that I was like holy cow this is how I this is how I'm supposed (laughs) to feel this is how I can like find my energy and my power and connect with other people and I don't think that gets taught enough. I, I didn't learn about my nervous mm-hmm. system until I had my kids and my, my fourth um, is on the autism spectrum and very high performing, like such an amazing kid. And he works really hard, but understanding his nervous system helped me and, and the things that I could do to help bring him down so that he could feel his best in his day taught me so much about my own nervous system. And then I was like, wow, this stuff that works for him is the same stuff that works for me, whether it's breath work, you know, red light, energy work, just learning how to, how to work with our own nervous system. And that's another shift adapt to these, um, Emily Hightower, amazing mentor for me. Um, just learning how to widen that window of tolerance in your nervous system so that Mm. you can perform better and you just have this bigger space where as things come in, your body goes, it's okay, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is just learning to stay present because like they say, um, what is it? Depression is in the past, anxiety is in the future and joy is found in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And that just, once I figured that out, I was like, wow, that is it just, it just brings me back every time. Like, you know, you start to worry about something that's going to happen with your, your child or yourself, or what am I going to do when I'm 70, if this business plan doesn't work or all of these things that I can just too much stimulation coming in anything huge. And that was huge for my son, but that's been huge for me my whole life. I have very sensitive ears. Mm -hmm. I come, I I'm an introvert. I, yeah, sure. I'd love to go to a concert, but if I do that, I, now I know I'm like, okay, you got to go back and get your quiet time knowing yourself like that was that. me Friday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See? And I mean, I love music and I love people, but you know, you got to know yourself and you got to be able to know yeah. how you, how you recharge and how you recover from everything the world's going to bring at you. So, yeah. Yeah. But that nervous system, understanding my nervous system has been just a game changer. So, yeah. Okay. So as always happens, themes emerge. Mm-hmm. And so far, what's coming up is um, knowing yourself. You have to be self-aware and that um, we need space. And what I really liked about that is like, what, what I got from what you were saying is we need space so that when some stimulation happens or a trigger, or you can notice your nervous system reacting, you can pivot. And I had to use a sports analogy. <laughs> appropriately even though we're not exactly talking about sports but it's the same concept right because when you're playing you I'm also as an you know former athlete I mean I still I'm pretty athletic but you need that space inside like you go into the zone and then you can pivot on a dime no matter yeah. what happens and life should also be like that but we're so full our nervous systems are so taxed we have yeah. so much stimulation so then we can't pivot 
and we don't know what's happening and we're getting beat up and battered all the time. And then you go into the fight or the flight yep. and you shut down, you know, yeah. you get sick, you're stressed, all the chemicals are firing off. You can't function. You have no idea what's going on inside of you, much less outside of you. And then you become a robot. Yeah. And you're <laughs> you just, just start react- going through your motion. Yeah. You're reacting to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then other people get a hold of you and you start saying yes to too many things. And for me, it was, right. it was for me, it was being a people pleaser and always wanting to make everybody Mm. around me happy and thinking that was what I was good at. And, you know, I love motivating other people. I love, I see what other people are good at and I want to help them be better at what they're already Mm. gifted in. And Mm -hmm. But you have to put up those boundaries because that's part of that coming back to yourself, taking the time for yourself to really understand the world around you. And if you don't know how to put up those, you know, proper boundaries, people really do start pulling on you and then you'll get to that frazzled state. And it it does work. Part of what I love about sports, um, so much of what I've learned, you know, in my early life to my adult life is the sports that I played that convert into the game of life, right? So, so many things that we learn. I mean, most of us aren't going on to be professional athletes, but we all, you know, so many of us grew up playing sports that we loved. And yes, we loved it competing and winning and, you know, the friends we made, but the things, you know, those values that we learned about, you know, how to show up, how to be responsible and, be coachable, get along with other people, you know, be disciplined, really, you know, set goals, all of those things carry over into our lives. And I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, for the athletes that I've raised, I'm like, gosh, if you can just have something you're passionate about that teaches you those things, it takes the, the pressure and the stress off of having to win or having to be the, the best, but rather just using that as a, as a growth tool. And any, yeah. we can do that with anything we're passionate about. My third born left sports and she's a, she's a theater kid, but man, when I see her get up on that stage, I'm like, wow, there's a That's lot a sport. Of, <laughs> it is. I'm so impressed. And I'm like, man, the, the memorization, yeah. the work that goes into like producing that That's show, right. it is incredible. Right. It's giving me chills right now. I'm like, my gosh, she spends more time in that than my I feel like even my athletes, for sure, my high school athletes, now my college, college is different, but man, they, it is, it, there's so much work that goes into that's that. grueling passion about it. That's right. It teaches you all these other lessons and then you just get to carry that's them right. in life. So, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the passion because, um, sports is very physical yeah. and it requires a lot of physical awareness and physical training. And it can be very easy to forget the subtle energy of the being. And I thought about this when you were saying like the body, mind, spirit, and even the nervous system, because the key to where these all come together is through the soul. And you're really getting to know your soul and having a great relationship with your soul is really key to everything. Because again, otherwise you're kind of like an automaton. And I remember back in the day, I was going through something really, I couldn't decide something. And what someone said to me is your first responsibility in life is to your soul, the journey of your soul. What do you need to do for yourself, for your soul? And I never forgot that. 
It's not about what anybody else thinks I should do, what anybody else wants me to do, because you're born with your soul and you're going to leave with it. And ultimately, that mission, that purpose is what really matters. So I love being able to talk to you about this because, you know, you've got such a well-rounded perspective on all of the. I love that because I think there's so much, and I think particularly for the next generation, for, you know, the millennials Mm -hmm. and the Gen Z's out there, there's so much information. There's so many people Mm -hmm. telling you how to do it, what you should do. Here's my best advice. And, you know, I mean, podcast world's full of it too. And I love wisdom. TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what little tiny sound bites that are really hard to attach to life's bigger story. Right. right. I mean, I'm sorry, you're just not going to get the deep wisdom scrolling through your phone. Like it's not good. And they're not trying to give you deep wisdom. They're trying to give you a sound bite that will bring you in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the dopamine hit is, is real. Right. And that's what they're living on. And we all are, but I, the kids who have never known a world that was different than that. And when all of this information is coming in all the time and self-awareness, if it starts to slip away and that, that journey to self-awareness, and we, we don't know how to be with ourselves or trust our own Mm -hmm. gut own instinct and even that gets back to the nervous system is like your gut i mean there's a bunch of science around how our gut is is truly like how we treat our body informs our gut instinct informs our you know our our intuition and if we don't know how to listen to that man we're just taking in everybody else's opinion we're calling 10 different people when we've got a problem like sometimes you just need to sit with yourself and be able to listen and a lot, it's, it's really hard to do these days, you know, yeah. I think it's always and then accept hard. what you hear. Yeah. So that's like, that's a big one. And like one of the things, you know, I, I haven't said this yet, but my North star is really generational learning and generational healing. I was just going to bring this up. That was my next thing. Awesome. Well, <laughs> you, you kind of led me there with that question. Cause I always think like, okay, yeah. what do I want to learn? But then I'm always thinking about how it relates to the next generation because the the thing is is it doesn't just go one way i don't think like oh i'm here to teach them something like they teach me stuff all the time and mm-hmm. so i love that when we heal we're also helping them heal and when you look at families and the way that we the choices we make and the things we choose to look at or not look at whether we're sweeping things mm-hmm. under the rug or whether we're raising families that know how to talk about the hard things and become closer mm-hmm. because of that, you know, you got to create that safe space and conversations like this, modeling that stuff and letting, you know, it really normalizes our ability, which I don't think in past generations, it was much more of a buckle down and like do the hard thing, but don't talk about it. Whereas now I think yeah. we're evolving to a place where we can acknowledge the hard stuff. It's not all the hard, it's not always hard stuff. There's fun stuff too, but to be able to acknowledge it and have an open conversation about it. I think that is one of the greatest things that could happen in, in our world. And so if I can do that with my own kids and then bring these conversations to the public, like through podcasts, through, mm-hmm. you know, media stories, I just, that's my goal. Like, I just want the world to be able to talk about things in a non-judgmental way where we see the things that <laughs> affect us and but we know that we're all so much more alike than we are different, you know? Yes. 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 That's a huge goal of this whole 
program is to show how much alike we are and to show that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to be everything because that's what it means to be human. That's the whole point. You know, that's part of your soul's journey is to experience every aspect of being human. And so, you know, like I love the generational um, topic, generational healing, because it's even everything we carry in our DNA. Like DNA is everything. Yep. And it's not just all the scientific stuff. You've got our spiritual DNA, the, the complete uh, computer program for your entire existence comes through your DNA and it came through your family, your generational history, all the way back, way before those grandparents and everybody else that you think you knew, we're carrying so much in our DNA. Yeah. And I so, love- you know, that is really what I think is a missing piece. You know, it's not just your parents and their problems. <laughs> or your grandparents, whether they were mean or how they treated your parents. It's so much deeper than that. Yeah. I think it's the native Americans that say we go back seven, like seven generations of like those patterns and, and stories. And it probably goes back farther than that. But I've always, I love when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And it's not about Mm -hmm. like, it's not a blame game. Right. I mean, I always say that absolutely not. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they know. And I kind of like to take that as a, you know, just as a kind of common understanding when I walk into this stuff, because I never want to like, you know, in my life, I look around and I'm like, gosh, people really were doing the best with what they know, but it's also our responsibility to keep learning. And that, you know, when we keep learning, it can sometimes cause those moments where we'll be like, you can see where you, you know messed up but you didn't really mess up if you learn and pivot and change and grow from those things but if you never look at them and you just are convinced you're right or it's too painful to look at and you can't handle it yeah that's when the patterns keep you know the, the the i know i hate saying bad but you know i mean addiction those types of things are not great no they're not and they cause a lot of pain So if we can do things to minimize that disconnection between people, you know, and it, again, it always comes back to knowing ourselves. And that's another one of my quotes is the greatest gifts we can give ourselves, give the the greatest gift we can give to the next generation is our own self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And to me that, again, it goes back to the, the awareness of your divinity, like the awareness of your spirit and the awareness of your soul. You know, I know in my work, like the first thing I do with anyone is, um, I think I told you about this, it's life activation, which is a DNA activation. So it brings light into your DNA so that you can start to release all these generational things so that you can like wake up inside of yourself and start stepping into who you really are, you know, and that like sets the stage for the rest of your life, whether I see you again for another session or not, you know, because what are we, if we're still awake, if we're still sleeping? Yeah, You know, it's, it's even, you know, what you're saying, I'm, I'm listening to, and I love it. I'm just thinking how it's really hard for people to do that because there's no coping mechanism because you're like, okay, if I start looking at all this stuff, then what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, my partner can't help me with it because they have the expectation of me to be something, you know, like I don't have space to break down because I have to go to work. I don't have space to deal with this because I have children. I don't have space to deal with this because I have all these bills that I've created in my life because I needed all these things, yeah. <laughs> you know? So all it's really that. important. You're, 
for us to have these conversations so people know that, yes, you can look at it because then once you look at it, there's a place for you to put it. Yeah. There's a way for you to move on from it, not just bring it up and then have to walk around with it smeared all over your face. Yeah. You know, it's really, really important. Yeah. You have to give it air. Like if you notice anything, I've well, what I've noticed, the thing that's, that I've been the most scared of, they're more scary when they're in the dark. The second yeah. they have the courage to bring it out and talk to somebody, and I'm not saying you don't just go talk to anybody, like you find your trusted people, right? But yeah. when you bring it out into the light, whether it's with a close friend or a family member or a therapist, the weight that lifts and the light gets shine is shining on the thing that you're scared of or that's causing you trouble, and it looks different. It looks different than when it's locked inside of you, or maybe you don't even know how to identify it. And that's when you do need to go talk to a therapist. I mean, the first time I went to therapy, I was, you know, going through my divorce, but I walked out of there. I'm like, I felt 25 pounds lighter. I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, you have to have the courage to be able to, you know, dig a little and say the thing that you're scared of. Because when it's in the dark, it's, I promise it is so much worse and it causes so much disconnection and isolation, which is just the worst thing for a human to feel, you know? Yeah. 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 I have so many people who just need to come and talk, you know, I'm not a therapist specifically, but I do like what I call compassionate conversations because I don't judge, you know, and you can come and say whatever you need to say, all those things that, you know, you were never able to tell anyone the deepest things in your heart and soul, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just so important. But, you know, I find too that like people, it's, I also find it difficult because people have trouble listening these days. So true. And so you may want to talk to someone, but they don't really know how to listen to you. They're thinking about themselves or they're thinking about what they're going to say. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm not, you guys, I'm not trying to like bring up all the problems, but I am trying to identify that we understand where it's challenging. You know, you might try and talk to someone and you don't get what your heart and soul needed, but don't be discouraged and think, oh, I can't talk to anyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then <sighs> if only we could just like spray chemtrails of compassion. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. I, I mean, the judgment, I'm so over the judgment and the the way that, you know, everybody thinks, you know, we're we're never defined by one thing about us or one thing that happened to us. It's such a composite life is such a composite of every, every single thing. And it just, you know, to, to isolate any one thing never does us any good, but I Mm. love that you, I love what you do with, you know, bringing up the energy, you know, energy healing and the compassionate conversation, because they're so intertwined. They're so interrelated. And I think people don't understand. It's really hard to understand the energy world. It's something that I always knew I felt, but I didn't know what to do with yeah. it. And I wasn't raised yeah. in a place where that was, it was never talked about. It wasn't a thing, but it, when I, the first time one of my yoga teachers encouraged me, she said, you know, I think you'd really like this energy healer. She was just a couple of miles from my house. And I went and I was trying everything when I was going through my divorce. I'm like, okay, I just, I was looking for this healing path. Right. And as an athlete, what I felt in my body, I realized how I am so body centric, like just 
feeling the way I move and the way that my body feels and how connected that is to my mind and my heart. And that's what the energy healing did for me as it connected those things. And I think that, you know, the world doesn't talk about it enough because I don't know, it's not, it shouldn't be taboo. It's such a part of who we are, but it doesn't get talked about enough. Now I'm kind of flipping it on you, but like, I love what you do. And I've, I've been trained now. I went through, you know, two years of, of, you know, different energy healing modalities just to understand how that world works. And it's changed my Mm -hmm. life. I mean, my home feels different. My, Mm -hmm. my mind, my heart, everything has changed because of, I I understand how that energy affects our life. And that's right. So I love what, especially the energy of the mind, it's the energy of the mind, right? Like when you go into someone's home, you can feel it because who they are and what's going on inside of them is what creates the vibe in the home. Yeah. You know, we think we have to live so much from our minds, but really the the key to intelligence and wisdom is comes from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, whether our heart is open. And so it, when I, my heart's very open and then I learned also to put down, you know, create those boundaries that help me, you know, keep my home safe, keep, keep yeah. my, my heart and my mind safe. And it doesn't mean that you're, you're closed off to other people, but you have to, you have to know where you end and other people begin. And I think that goes back to that codependency thing. Um, But when we really learn how to establish that man, relationships just become such a beautiful thing, you know, and then we, we can figure out how to connect. And my, I, I think about what energy healing has done for my home. Cause I wanted my kids when I, after my divorce, I was like, I just really wanted to have a safe space for them. And I love the way my home feels now. It mm. just, I, I, I made, I, I had a friend of mine that had a sign company and it says she, she, you know, she makes these beautiful wooden signs that will, that's, you can put anything you want on them. And I, I ordered one that said cultivate calm because I realized mm that that was where I perform and feel my best. And so mm-hmm. it's not that you can just put up a sign and say, this is who we are, but it does when you walk in the door, just it's a little reminder of how I want my home to feel. And mm-hmm. it's been amazing since I hung that sign and I created this space, the people that have come through and the healing that has happened. And I often think like, I'm going to write a book about this someday or make a movie about it because so yeah. many women have showed up through friendship, through life circumstance. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. And it's so incredible. I just love like you, we, we manifest this stuff when we say like, this is yeah. what I want my home to feel like. This is what I want my business to be like it's, you know, it's really important the way we think of things, the way we, and, you know, energy, the energy we put out there creates this stuff. And it's, it's amazing. It's just, I'm, I'm in awe of the things that we're capable of when we really can calm ourselves and, and, you know, set our course. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to quote that one day. I'm on some, um, and you're marketing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm in awe. Like, yeah. Being in awe of what we can create Yeah. when we get calm. Yeah. It's like opening up that space so that the spark of creation can actually fire. Yeah. You know, and then we're like more in flow. 
mm-hmm. and like the beauty of creation versus the push that you know like the oh god i'm such so, i i'm such i grind culture just makes me go like this yeah. Stop. Yeah. like we all know how to work hard like when you come into this space and you're doing what and you're nobody doing. likes that yeah i mean some people like it but if you do you're probably stuffing something down <laughs> you know yeah exactly i know you to me I and think you're working hard to then be able to not have to work so hard right like i don't want to show up just just spent or need to just fall over and sleep for 15 hours because I just, you know, ground myself down to it, the smallest part of me, like that's burnout, yeah. you know, and I've been there, you just coming through, you know, coming through trauma, coming, th- realizing your own story and then working your way yeah. back to just being. And that's why my company, I call it, it's, it's not, it's be better, not do better because doing just makes us tired. Mm-hmm. Doing is just that continual list that will never be done, right? I mean, as soon as you check some, and it's not that I'm not organized and I set my goals and I do all, you know, I organize my day, but doing just to do and getting wrapped up in our ego and, you know, just thinking that like, we have to just do all of these things to, to, to perform and settle, you know, and we celebrate, you know, celebrating type A culture. I call, you know, I I love, I'm like, that is not me. That is what I've realized. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be. And when I, when I am being myself, it happens, you know, the right stuff happens yeah. and, and you have the energy then to do what you want to do, you know, yeah. but it's not just this constant, like do better, do better, do better. It'll exhaust you and you'll never feel good enough. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You won't. I want to talk more about your work and what you're doing, but I do want to say this reminded me of something you said earlier. Um, I'm going to kind of combine the two and I don't remember exactly what you said, but balance is really important. You know, we need the structure and we need, you know, some of you, you might call it a plan, but you need a structure, the body, um, the building, the, um, architectural design Mm -hmm. so that when you bring in the energy, it has something to flow through. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. And we are in the middle, like we have to be balanced, whether it's the emotions and the the mind or, you know, the plan and the action and the spirit, you know? Yeah. So I think balance is really important. I I agree. And I've heard people say, and I felt this myself. I can't remember where I heard it the first time, but discipline is freedom. And yeah, you know, like, and you think people (laughs) think, yeah, I know. And me too. I mean, I I think helping (laughs) my kids in school, I was like, oh, maybe I have ADHD too. (laughs) 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 Like my mind is a a creative mind, right? So it's bouncing from thing to thing all the time. And (laughs) I have my friend Ashley that works with me now and I call her the lander of my planes. I'm like, you got to help me land all these ideas. Because it is internationally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, creative types, and I've watched my family in business, and I'm like, you know, that creative always needs the, you know, the math major, the science, the, the the practical, like, but I've also known that I learned all these skills raising four kids and having to keep all the trains running on time. I'm like, okay, I know how to discipline a schedule. And I had to just take what I'd learned, mm-hmm. you know, in my family and bring it to my own life. And, you know, I look back to college. I mean, I got married at 22. So like my life is kind of flipped from, you know, where a lot of people are, but I look back and I was like, no, I was organized. I was, you know, high performing. I was playing sports or, 
even when I wasn't playing volleyball anymore, I was always working out and I had a very, like a blocked schedule, but that balance of knowing how to organize and just know what we need to get done in a day. And then also having the ability to just do something spontaneous and know when, if you're you're doing those things that keep you, you know, in alignment with your, your goals, you can have a day where you're just like, I'm not feeling it. Or, you know what, I just want to read this book or my friend called and you can pivot. Right. And it depends on what career choice you take. Like, you know, we're doing the entrepreneurial thing. So that does give you flex. I love that with my kids, but you know, there are, there are trade-offs. I mean, people that are working in the corporate world, they can be very, if they're fulfilled by their jobs, there's a lot of structure and safety in that because some somebody else is taking care of a lot of the things and you get to work on what you're good at and in the entrepreneurial world you you kind of have to wear all the (laughs) hats and yes it can show you what you're good at and then what holes do you need to fill but all of that stuff see it all comes back to self-awareness right and just Mm -hmm. knowing what you're good at and then trying to fill in and be balanced and give yourself that time to to take the downtime so that you can actually look at what's on your plate and see what you have to do. Cause if you get to, if, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you, you can't, you will, where I got was hitting a point of like paralysis where I was like, I have too much to do. I'm never going to get all this done. And I have had those moments yeah. in building what I'm building because yeah. when your vision's really big, it can also get overwhelming, you know? So I've had to yeah. figure out how to, to dial that back. And so much of it's come back to rest and recovery and energy work and just keeping my, you know, keeping, just staying clear, just trying to not let too much of the outside world and what other people think or what other people are doing influence my own vision. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but it's fun. life is a challenge and you've got a great vision. So tell us about be better media. So what I realized is, well, one, I'm a storyteller and I didn't know I am not, I'm not a TV watcher. I do enjoy movies with my kids, but I am not. So the whole media thing, the first time you put it, I put a camera in my face, like trying to make a video maybe six years ago and I cried. So like the whole concept of, (laughs) yeah, I, I, the whole concept of media really threw me. So I kind of went through the coaching route and I love coaching people. And like I said, bringing out potential, but what I realized is storytelling is really my jam. And I really think that Mm. people are disarmed when we, like they feel a part of something, when we relate a story to them in a way that's entertaining, inspiring, educational, you know, and, and it's not just like the Hallmark channel, which no shade on the Hallmark channel, but like giving people stories that also give them tools of how to go go through something or how, you know, something like how to advocate better for your health and wellness, or, you know, how to talk to your mom about something. There are so many ways to do that. And then my podcast was the first, well, my blog was first, the, the Optimist Journal, which then grew into my podcast. And just taking these generational stories of like, okay, what have you been through? What have you learned from it? And how are you using those things to make the world better? So my podcast is called What I Meant to Say, because I realized I'd spent so many moments of my life growing up, walking away from a situation and then saying, I should have said that. Yeah. 
you know, and I know everybody has that, right? I mean, it's relatable. And so I was like, that's it. You know, you're just sitting on your couch and like, that's what I'm going to call it. And this is what I'm going to do. And so as you start to listen to other people's stories, you, they just keep flowing in. And I mean, I meet people like Sean and like you and, and the, the stories are just kind of, they're flowing in. I've met the right people who have experience in Hollywood, worked there for 30 years. And then, you know, COVID put their business off on a different path mm-hmm. or, you know, was really shutting them down. And then the streaming world has changed so much. And I'm realizing like, there's mm-hmm. just so many ways we can tell these stories. And so my goal is to create stories of generational change, things that inspire and mm-hmm. influence in a way that we're not getting one, I don't think we're getting, we're not getting it in the mainstream news media. I, that is not the world I live in. And I know there's a lot of bad stuff out there. And, but I think we focus on it too much. I think there's a lot of things we can't control. So what are the things we can and how can yeah. we tell those stories to empower everybody out there that's walking around that isn't part of this elite class? I don't care which, you know, the power and the money and the, 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 the overarching power structure, I don't care what political party you're talking about. They're not, yeah. they're not touching the mind, body, and spirit of your That's average right. citizen in any country, you know? No. And so I, it's a bold goal, but I'm just looking at it because when I walk down the street and when I talk to people like you or the guy at the hardware store, I'm like, there's just good people out there with good stories. They're going yeah. through stuff. And yeah, you know, the sad thing about America today is that you do have to attract the big names, right? You got to get, but I'm always amazed by the regular people that are just doing the good work. So, you know, if if I I just believe you attract something that's going to keep leveling up your story if you show up and do the work every day. And so that's what I'm doing. And my weeks are flying past and it's so fun to do conversations like this and yeah, that's, you know, that's what Be Better Media is all about. And we'll definitely run this back on my show and we can, we can do this some more. So <laughs> you can. Oh, that'll be fun. And, yeah. Cause this you can is put the, me in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of stuff that needs to grow. You know, I mean, yeah. everybody needs to heal everybody. Everyone. And that's not shade. That's not a bad thing. That's just the human yeah. experience. And it yeah. allows us to level up and be high performers. So, yeah. My teacher, one of my teachers just wrote a book and the title is, you are not perfect the way you are. <laughs> I love that. That is so And it's good. so true. He's like, get over it. You are not perfect. You are not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the things. Oh my gosh. That's what you need to know. Genius. That's genius. And it's so true. And it's like, you it's know, there's genius. Such a- that is so genius. And there's such a conversation around self-worth. And that is so important to know that you're worth it, but you're worth, you're worth the work. It's not just, it's not just I'm worth it sitting here on my couch. It's like, you're worth the work. And then you do the work and then that connects to somebody else. And it just creates the power of what that can create just inspires me every, every day. So, yeah. Yeah. Last thing I'll say, because that was just too good. Self-worth and self-love. It's so big, but you know, I feel like people are always, again, your worth comes from the essence of your being. 
Like you are worth knowing that you are way more than that personality. You're worth knowing that you're way more than your achievements. All of it comes from the truth of your being. And when you love that aspect, then that love flows out into your personality and it flows out into your being and your life and your actions. So yeah, you can love your personality and all these, like the way you look, all these surface things, but really self-love is about like yourself, your true self. Yeah. You know, and when and we that's can, how you change your life. Yeah. And when we can connect to that, because there's such a conversation and I talk to a lot of whether it's athletes or veterans or people that have been through like that, that have risen to high levels and been through a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. so much of their identity is tied up in that one thing. Like I am a, yep. I am an athlete. I am a soldier. What do I do? What's my next mission when that thing is over? Yeah. And the answer is really when you can connect back to your true self, you see that that's only one part of who you are. And I think that in itself can solve or or, or can really create so much healing in the mental health space because that identity and really knowing that we're so much more than that one thing is so important. Yeah. Erasing the programming and the brainwashing. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty amazing, diverse creatures. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, okay, we're nearing the end. Um, I'm going to give you a moment to share something with our listeners that you think is important that they need to know. Um, It's totally up to you. What you want to say, no pressure or anything like that. Pressure. Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah go for it I mean I like the generational healing aspect I don't know if there's something that we missed no I think that like I said that's my north star and the quote that's coming to my mind and it's somebody that I encourage people to go out and look up some of the work that he's done he was on finding mastery um his name's Chip Conley he was an entrepreneur and one of his quotes is wisdom is pattern recognition and oh interesting and, you know, it's, it's, it's a quote that it's a very practical quote to me, but it's something that I realized because you, like you said, at one point in this interview, like, you know, the patterns emerge, the themes emerge. If you can pay attention to those patterns and themes that, that come through in your life and learn to recognize them, we really do ourselves a lot of favors by recognizing yeah. those things and seeing like how we form relationships or things that you know we could change and not being afraid to recognize the pattern and go oh maybe that's a helpful pattern and that's this one is not a helpful pattern and how can I how would I want to change that and so that's the generational healing to me is recognizing those patterns and not being ashamed of them not thinking that you're calling someone out and doing it in kindness and in gratitude for all the good things that, that have, you know, come through. But when there's something that feels like it's caused you harm or it's, it's, it's created something in you that doesn't feel right. Like it's okay. Like be, be courageous enough to, to face those things. And then you can Mm -hmm. change the pattern for you and for the next generation. And I think that man, that would do a lot of, a lot of good things in the world if we could get people to really look honestly at this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So you can reweave your patterns. 
yeah. and the fabric fabric of your life. Because <laughs> yeah. that's really what it is. You know, we're living a web in our own lives. We create a web of relationships, a web of our experiences, and it's all a pattern, whether you see it or not. So maybe get calm, relax your nervous system, open your eyes so that you can see the pattern that you're weaving in the fabric of your life. And create a new pattern if you want to. Yeah. You know, there's so many articles of clothing you can have in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> so just and, always be ready to create a new pattern. Yeah. And yours isn't going to look like anybody else's. So don't compare. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm 48 and I'm starting chapter two and doing something different. Whereas most people are like, oh, you defined your career in your 30s. I'm like, I didn't, but I sure I raised four amazing yeah. kids and everything I did there, I'm carrying out into this new, this new venture. And, you know, so it's like, don't compare yourself, just go after what you want to go live. after and live. Yeah, exactly. So that's right. I had a friend once say, um, this is years ago. I was like, and I was down about where I was in life or something. I was living in New York and, you know, I think I was like still modeling and maybe just getting into energy work and uh, my own awareness. And she was like, you know, this is your story. Everyone has a story. And it's these moments, all the things that lead up to when people know your name, to when you're in their face, that's a story that you then tell. Yeah. So if you skip your story, then you skip the becoming. So, yeah. you know, and like you're saying, everyone's story is different, but story matters. So yeah. just live your story, let your life be your life, you know, and it's just great <laughs> if you do, if you can do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a challenge to just let it flow, you know, it is, it's a it challenge, is, yeah. but it's, but it's amazing. And when you feel it, you know, when you're in your space, you know, where you are, when you, you are, where you're supposed to be. I know we keep saying we're going to end, but it's the societal thing, yeah. you know, because if society wasn't telling you that you need a whole, you know, if you need things, if you need this metric, if you need to be this by this age, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we have biological clocks and we, you know, have a lifespan and all these things and, you know, certain mental acuity at certain ages and all these things, which, you know, we can deal with if yeah. we have the proper tools. But in reality, it's the societal pressure that makes us think we're not good enough or that makes us think we're off time, yeah. you know, and granted we live in society and we need the things that, you know, cause we are physical and we have to live here, but that's really what it is. You know, that's what's creating the judgment in someone else's mind about you and what you're doing, because they're also basing it on some societal construct. That's just a construct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It can look different for each yeah. one of us. Just got to let us, let us be right. Just let us let be. go. Let it go. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is so freeing. Uh. I, know. I love these conversations. I told you to wake up on a Sunday morning and go, gosh, I get to dig in like first thing in the morning. Yeah, no. When I'm a morning person, I'm like, Oh my gosh. I, this, oh, are you? this is so my jam. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I love the morning. So. Well, it's a good thing you're in California and I'm in central time zone. <laughs> well, well, honor your clock, but uh, yeah, my kids, yeah. my, my, my girl in Texas, she can call me when she wakes up and she knows I'm already awake. So oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. I forgot to ask you to like and subscribe to the channel and you can find Wendy at uh, Be Better, Be Better Media. Media TV and my podcast streaming everywhere is called What I Meant to Say. So if you would subscribe, that would help me a lot and we can further these kind of conversations. I love it. Thank you so much that's, for having me. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you were here. Wendy's having really great conversations on her podcast as well. So definitely check that out. And um, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs>